Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we're going to have a look at how my team got on in game week five and what my plans are for game week six. And unfortunately, it's been two consecutive weeks of red arrows and I'm feeling a little bit more down to earth after getting up to 19k for game week four. A red arrow in game week five took me to 82k and then an even worse green arrow, oh, green arrow, red arrow, uh, clearly wishful thinking, an even worse red arrow in game week six took me down to 263k, which is, to be fair, not a bad place to be. If someone had offered me 263k after the first five game weeks going into game week six um, at the beginning of the season, I absolutely would have taken it. So I'm trying not to be too downbeat about uh, how my team's gone in the last couple of weeks because, to be honest, I look at the players in my squad and I'm not too unhappy about things moving forward and that would be a, a message I would issue to everybody else out there who's had a bad game week five in particular because it was quite a tricky one uh, for a lot of people. I don't think your teams necessarily need major surgery but I might be performing some on my team this week and which we're going to have a look at in just a second. Now some of the uh, things I use to fuel my decisions for team selection of course do come from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. As ever I'm here to remind you to make sure that you sign up uh, to your membership ahead of the game week six deadline. You can still save up to 30% on those preseason prices and a lot of these tables you're going to see here and a lot of the numbers I'm going to talk about that help me make uh, helped me formulate my ideas for game week six. Um, you know, you'll be able to do exactly the same thing if you've got your membership sorted. So uh, yeah, let's dive on in and take a look at how my team got on in game week five. And yeah, it was not a fun one, just the 37 points. So that's uh, seven points below the average, which uh, is not actually uncommon, to be honest, amongst engaged managers uh, in the in, in this particular game. A lot of the people who did really, really well this week are the sort of teams that you look at and think, wow, like... Why have they got that player? My dad, for example, uh, brought Tim Ream in this week and got 58 points uh, and did particularly well. Um, the template, if you can call it that, because it's 
the template is, is starting to shift and uh, I don't think I'm necessarily completely completely template but I'm not far off it um, it did just have a bad week uh, and I think that uh, moving into the next one some of these players are going to do a bit better but let's let's break it down and see how uh, what the story was of my game week so uh, I actually rolled my transfer I held off on the Son uh, FOMO talked about that quite a lot this week uh, my thoughts on kind of what went wrong with Son uh, went into on General's orders so if you haven't had a chance to check out the latest episode of that with me and Mark then uh, go along to uh, either our YouTube channel or uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast go back and have a listen to that that's kind of my thoughts on, on Son but what it all boiled down to was I didn't go for Son and I feel actually in a good place about that specifically because it does mean I've got two free transfers going in to game week six um, the one person who might have come out of my team was Gabriel. Toyed with the idea of getting uh, Destiny Udogi, um, but I kind of looked at the three games that Spurs had between games five, six, and seven and thought, probably only interested in starting him for the first of those. And actually, whilst Gabriel has caused me a lot of heartache this season, it'd be, I, would be, I would have been very shocked if he hadn't started against Everton. And of course, it did keep a clean sheet. Now, he's probably going to leave my team this week, and he obviously had to give me a parting uh, gift of a yellow card, so I only got the five points for him. But in a week where points were at a premium, I will take the five points I got for Gabriel. So the rest of my defence was Cash and Chilwell. That was a particularly disappointing one, Chilwell, because I felt that, um, you know, big haul uh, incoming for him there. And he would have kept a clean sheet if he'd started the game, but he didn't. So a little bit of concern there. Going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Turner, I started ahead of Flecken. Now, those of you who started Turner over Pickford, I'm, re I'm really sorry. I feel really bad this week because I, I would have recommended that going into game week five. And I think it was absolutely the right decision. But... Unfortunately, Pickford outscored him by one point. Thankfully, in my team, Flecken only got me the one. So uh, I'm feeling uh, as happy as I can be <laughs> that my goalkeeper decision did earn me one point. Um, it's going to be a straight swap back in for Flecken this week, almost certainly. Then my midfield then, so just the one point for Madison. That was a bit disappointing in that Sheffield United game. Um, Burmo, two points, five points for Diaby. Again, I was a bit disappointed by that. I thought the injury crisis that had started to develop in the Crystal Palace defence was going to create more attacking returns for Diaby, but I guess I'll take the five. Uh, another blank for Foden, which might be relevant for my transfers this week, which we'll look at in just a second. An assist for Saka. So it was very sort of, you know, muted in my midfield this week. I kind of felt that at least three of them, maybe four, uh, should have done much better this week. I wasn't expecting too much from Mbermo based on Newcastle. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit disappointing in everybody else. Uh, but perhaps not as disappointed as I am in Nicholas Jackson, who has proved to be a very frustrating signing. I didn't even get his seven points against Luton because I was waiting to see if he could be trusted with a good fixture. He then scored in a good fixture. Could have got a hat-trick in that fixture. And the second he ends up in my team, he spurns all his chances in those other games. And again, he is someone who's on the chopping block this week. And I'm going to go through some numbers on him very shortly. Haaland captaincy, obviously, uh, is uh, the standard way to go this season. It proved to be the right decision, I think, this week because he was my joint top scoring player. So, yeah, there we are. That's how my team got on. In terms of my bench, actually, should just say uh, I've already made this joke this week. I'll make it again if you've not watched General's Orders. It was a Flight of the Concords binary solo, 1011. So, at least nobody, uh, you know, ruined my life from my bench. So, yeah, um, I'm grateful for that as well. As you can probably tell, uh, I'm trying to find silver linings here. <laughs> Clutching at straws is some of the things I'm happy about, like Turner getting one extra point from Flecken, then Flecken. It really was just that kind of game week. But thankfully, because lots of other people didn't do too well, um, you know, I don't feel like I've been left in too much of a hole and I, I'm, I feel in a relatively strong position to bounce back next time out. And at 263k, I'm not that far off where I want to be uh, this season and where I have been this season. It's quite easy to 
to earn yourself a 100k uh, green arrow it's quite easy to earn yourself a 100k red arrow to be honest because we're still all tightly compressed together not too many points separate the rank brackets so there's lots of mobility within the rank so i'm happy um with two free transfers and what that can mean for my team i might even be doing a mini wild card which is what we're going to have a look at now so this is my bus team for game week six so obviously i haven't made any transfers yet that's not normally what i like to do i normally like to wait until the end of the week to get that extra information and of course with this being the first week of the champions league involvement this season um, then you know i think it's even more important just for the sake of uh, understanding when i've recorded this and what context i'm talking about this in I'm recording this on wednesday morning which means we've already had the city game which it turns out by the way was against red star Belgrade. I spent all of last week trying to pronounce that team thinking I'd never heard of it before. I absolutely have heard of Red Star Belgrade before. It's just that nobody had been referring to them as that except BBC Sport in the end. So there we are. It was Red Star Belgrade. Um, and of course, a bit of a frustrating fixture for City. And I'm going to come on to why that was frustrating in a minute. But yeah, so obviously that game's in the, in the books and Newcastle's 0-0 draw at AC Milan also in the books. So the Wednesday night Champions League games haven't happened yet and any other European matches that would impact my thinking have not happened yet. And so uh, if you're watching or listening to this after some of those games and some of the context has changed, then yeah, take that into account when, um, you know, sort of working out whether or not you're going to do something similar to what my thought pattern is. So, a couple of substitutions then for game week six. Uh, Turner back on the bench because, of course, away at Man City. It's an easy time to put him on the bench. And then Flecken at home against Everton, who is still struggling in front of goal. Estupinan comes back in uh, for a really favourable fixture against Bournemouth. A lot of people sold Estupinan. And to be honest, uh, the Bournemouth game and the fact that I had people I could substitute and I felt like I had a decent 11 without him in it anyway uh, is 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 quite uh, quite happy with that to be able to bring him back in for this Bournemouth game. I'd like to think he's going to start that one. He's had his rest in the Premier League, so that's sorted. Uh, Cash goes back on the bench against Chelsea, which might prove to be a mistake because Chelsea haven't exactly been putting the ball in the net. Um, but I'm I'm quite happy with my other starters. I think for now, with the exception of possibly Chilwell, I think Chilwell stays in my bus team to be honest, just because he's the expensive defender who has a lot of attacking returns in him arguably Cash has played better than him this season, so maybe I need to swap those two over. I'm I need to have a, a real think about those two. Uh, Anderson, in theory, uh, is an easy start against Fulham, but um, to be honest, with the way that their injury crisis is right now, it's possible that I might sub him uh, out uh, for who I get in place of Gabriel, who now is third on my bench. Gabriel, I think it's time for him to go. I don't really like Arsenal's fixtures moving forward from this point. And, you know... When Arsenal's injury problems at the back do subside, I'm obviously back in that position I was in the first three game weeks of the season of a will-he-won't-he start with Gabriel. So I think it is going to be time to get rid of him. But I only lost point two on him, which I'm... It's a bit annoying, but, you know, I got the five points in a low-scoring game week, so maybe it was worth it, in inverted commas. So, yeah, that's the situation with my defence. Need to make a decision on Chilwell versus Cash. Anderson probably going on the bench with who I replaced. Gabriel with a stupid hand is an easy start, as is Flecken. Uh, the midfield stays the same for now. Um, we'll talk about transfers in a second, but there's no substitutions or anything here. Madison and Burmo, Diaby, Foden and Saka. 
Jackson and Haaland up front. Uh, Haaland captained, and then the subs bench, Archer first sub, Cash, and then Gabriel. And so, yeah, my plans for game week six, now I've already alluded to, and you've seen in the thumbnail as well, I'm really thinking about a mini wildcard this week, which if you don't know what that means, I've got two free transfers, and the mini wildcard is when you spend three transfers so that you've got two of them for free, and the extra one is a minus four, and you can do some big surgery to your team, which I don't think my team necessarily is in dire need of, but I feel like there's opportunities awaiting um, my team that can help perhaps maybe chase some upside and tilt myself back into the uh, the top 100k which is where I was um, for a little spell this season uh, courtesy of an Aston Villa madness in game week two or three and so that's what I'm sort of thinking about and uh, we'll start with uh, I think we'll start with the defense we'll start with the sort of really dull bit <laughs> of this uh, and let's just have a quick look at the fixtures now of course game week six I've been saying it for some time and I, the stars have aligned in just absolutely the right way that it is now is the time to get Newcastle players in. Now, the problem with Newcastle players right now is that attacking wise, it's very hard to, to nail down one person to sign up. There's a lot of rotation in the attack anyway. That was even before the Champions League games came along. Uh, some of the selections in the Champions League game actually I was quite um, surprised by, to be honest. And so it... It's going to be very difficult, I think, to predict who's going to start games for Newcastle this season. But also, because of that, it means that the attacking numbers for a lot of their key players, none of them are running away with it in terms of you know shots in the box or shots on target or even chances created, things like that. Key stats I like to look at because they're all kind of sharing minutes. The player with the most expected goals involvement so far this season for Newcastle is Callum Wilson, and he doesn't even start every game. Uh, and it's not he's not quite in the echelons he was at the end of last season where he would come on, score two goals, and record stats that made it look like he was playing 90 minutes, even though he's only playing 20. So not particularly interested there yet, but someone may emerge because these fixtures are nice. Where I am, of course... The most interested is in defence. This is going to be one of the most common transfers this game week, especially with Chilwell not doing so well of late. Also, anyone left with Gabriel, it's an easy switch from Gabriel to Botman. And so what I'm looking at my team uh, for this week is doing Gabriel to Botman. Now, I quite like Trippier. Um, I think that he's a, a solid option. But as I've said on a few videos this week, I think that whether or not I'm able to go for Trippier perhaps depends on what I'm doing about Salah. I'm going to talk about him in just a second. And because I want to leave myself open to Salah, either this week or in the coming weeks, I think I'm going to hold off on Trippier. And here is a couple of reasons uh, why. Well, first things first, let's start by talking about the Newcastle defence as a whole. I think now is the time to go for it because they have recorded some fantastic numbers at the start of the season in arguably challenging circumstances in terms of those fixtures. Now, um, this season has been just dreadfully devoid of clean sheets. We've talked about it a, a little bit uh, already uh, on some videos this week. In the, in the first four uh, game weeks this season, uh, we had the fewest number of clean sheets ever in the fantasy Premier League era. So not the Premier League, just in the eras that we've, we've had a game specifically for uh, the Premier League. We just had hardly any, which means that the teams that are keeping those clean sheets are more valuable than ever. Now, Newcastle so far, they haven't necessarily run away with things in terms of the clean sheets, but defensively, they have been recording some really good numbers. And so, so far, it's just the one clean sheet for Newcastle. It did, of course, come in that game week five win over Brentford, 1-0 uh, win. But 
they have, over the first five game weeks, conceded just five big chances. Now, that's actually fairly impressive when you consider their start to the season was really nasty. We have to remember that. We all thought Newcastle were going to have a relatively solid campaign. Enough of their players were priced kindly that we thought, yep, yep, happy to be invested when the fixtures get nicer. So Aston Villa at home, that's not an easy fixture because Aston Villa are a high XG creation team. And, and when I talk about difficulty, I'm talking about uh, defensive returns. Of course, they did concede there. Man City away. I mean, keeping a clean sheet there is going to be difficult. Liverpool, again, another high-scoring team. Uh, they lost 3-1 at Brighton, who, again, are another high XG-producing uh, team. Brentford are another one. Five teams that are five of the best teams in the Premier League um, this season and in the way that they finished last season as well. And despite that, just the five big chances conceded for Newcastle, um, which is the joint best in the league, level with Arsenal, whose fixtures have been much, much kinder. So when you see that Newcastle have got uh, these guys in the next few matches, Sheffield United away, Burnley at home, West Ham away, Palace at home, Wolves away, those next five, it's really, really time for that Newcastle defensive investment. Um, now, the um, other thing is um, now how we invest in that. We've talked about Pope on General's orders. Go have a listen to that. There's a, because a relatively compelling case there if you're a bit worried about rotation. Now, there are some people that are, of course, looking at um, Trippier. But I was having a look at some numbers uh, in the uh, first four, five game weeks of the season. And... What I'm seeing so far is that going with Botman isn't necessarily as much of a downgrade as you think. Now, I can't really comment on rotation yet because we've only seen the one Champions League game. They, of course, did play. This is Botman and Trippier both played at the San Siro. They're both relatively important players in this team. And a lot of the time, defensive areas do see less rotation than forward ones. But because we've only had one European game and we actually haven't had any Premier League games coming after a Champions League game yet, um, it does mean that I can't comment on who is the most likely person to start. But what I can comment on is what they're able to do while they're on the pitch. Now, there is a lot of interest in Trippier, as I said. He's created 12 chances so far this season uh, for Newcastle, which is seven more than any other Newcastle player. Now, that is good and that is worthy of consideration. But what's actually quite interesting is that he has been a volume creator, but he hasn't necessarily been a quality creator so far. Um, and that's not any sort of, you know, slight on his performances. I don't want you to think that I think he's not had a good season. But we have to be really ruthless when we look at, you know, chances of getting assists and goals, etc. When it comes to FPL. And he's only created one big chance so far. Anthony Gordon, Harvey Barnes and interestingly enough, Sven Botman have both created more big chances than Trippier so far this season. Let's move on to goal threat now. In terms of penalty box touches, uh, Botman's had seven, which is the same number of penalty box touches as Trippier. Now, of course, with Trippier, those penalty box touches quite often come when he's making overlapping runs and he makes penalty box entries with Botman. Traditionally, those penalty box touches are coming when he goes up for set pieces, but he can be quite useful from them. And so in terms of actual attempts on goal, Trippier has had just the one so far this season. It wasn't in the box. It wasn't a big chance and it wasn't on target. <laughs> now, Botman admittedly doesn't have any on target either, but he's had four shots, all of them in the box, all of them headers. And so 
in a way, I suppose, we kind of knew that that's what uh, the two players were offering. Um, but in terms of those shots in the box for Botman, only Gordon, Almiron, Isak and Wilson have had more efforts in the box than Botman. So he definitely offers a lot of goal threat. And let's head back to those fixtures because the next two of the next three actually offer some really nice matchups specifically for Botman. So in game week six, Newcastle are going away to Sheffield United. Who has conceded more headed attempts in the Premier League this season? Uh, or he's conceded the most, the Blades themselves. And of course, they're also the worst for conceding chances from set pieces. Now, the game week uh, seven match uh, at home against Burnley doesn't offer quite so much in the way of headed and set piece threat. Um, they haven't been so bad for giving up chances. But in game week eight, when Newcastle go away to West Ham, Funnily enough, the Hammers are the second worst team in the Premier League so far this season for giving up headed shots and giving up chances from set pieces. So I do think that Botman's matchups uh, with the fixtures over the next two of the next three are really, really worth looking at. And if I go with Botman instead of Trippier, with all of those additional bits of threat there, if it allows me to get Salah, I'm hoping that's going to make a big difference for my team. And just to finish off then, non-penalty expected goal involvement between Trippier and Botman. Trippier is ahead on 0.79, but Botman's not too far behind on 0.50. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at those two players and feeling like the amount of money I can save, 6.5 to 4.5, two whole million. I'm not necessarily seeing two million worth of upside. And that's not to say that Trippier is a bad option. I think that if you're going without Salah, or maybe you already have Salah and you've downgraded in other areas to get Trippier, I do think it, he's still worth getting. What I'm talking about here is specifically my team. And if I'm feeling like I want to get to Salah, I can't do that if I go with Trippier. So I'm trying to weigh up all of these different interacting spinning plates with each other. And that's just kind of the situation that I'm with in terms of those two players. Now, interestingly enough, if I was to make my two transfers right here, right now, I could do um, Gabriel to Botman and then Foden to Salah and then wouldn't have to make any other transfers because I do have 4.9 million in the bank. That is something I am strongly considering because I do want to get Salah in at some point. It's just when I do that. Um, I, do I get him now because I can do it for free um, and then I can maybe make a minus four decision about Jackson to possibly Alvarez later? Do I do that? Um, maybe on, you know, later in, in the week, perhaps maybe on Saturday, well, of course, price changes may come into things. Um, so that um, I can get Salah now before his price inevitably starts to rise. Because let's have a look at Liverpool's fixtures. Now, Liverpool on the season ticker are the fourth highest at the moment. They've actually got better fixtures than Newcastle over the next six, according to the season ticker. And Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, let's just go through those now. West Ham at home, Spurs away, Brighton away, Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away. Now, there's two trickier matches in there, of course, away at Spurs and away at Brighton. But it's worth saying that Brighton's rate of um, expected goals conceded this season has been particularly poor. They're not really a team that's going to keep clean sheets. They're going to score lots of goals. They're going to beat teams 4-3. You know, Deserby's not going to mind because that's clearly what he's going for. I don't think Brighton fans are particularly bothered by that. I think they quite enjoy the entertainment. That's what the vibe I get from Joe and Az. So I think that's going to stay as it is. So I do think Liverpool have the chance of goals in those two games because I think Spurs, again, um, play a very intense style of football. I think it's going to give space for Salah and his friends to operate in. And then, of course, from game week nine, that's when people are looking at wildcarding Salah in, of course. It's the easiest way to get him in. Everton, Forest, and, and Luton. I think he's going to do well enough over the next three that by the time we get to game week nine, he's going to cost a little bit more, which is why I'm thinking about maybe doing it for this particular game week. Now, let's talk about Salah. Let's talk about what he's done so far this season because it is uh, a really fascinating dynamic with him because he's added a lot of uh, assist potential to his FPL credentials. Now, he has traditionally been you know, an out-and-out an goal scorer for Liverpool with a little bit of creative threat. At the moment, this season, just the two goals, with four assists and his assist numbers have been really really encouraging so um, across the first five matches he's created 12 chances which is amongst the top five uh, players for volume of chance creation but he's created six big chances so he has been all about creating high quality chances so far that is the highest of any player in the Premier League he's ahead of four players who are tied in second place on four which is Anana Everton Diaby Aston Villa Manchester United's Fernandes and then Pedro Neto um, who is kind of also on my radar possibly for my wildcard but we'll we'll talk about him in a few weeks time I think so yeah, that's the position that Salah is in creatively. But what kind of position is he in offensively in terms of that goal threat? Because it has dipped a little bit so far this season, but not enough to put me off. And that uptick in creative potential, I do think has encouraged me um, to, 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 think, to think that he's still got the opportunity to offer goals and assists and be explosive and possibly be a captaincy option a little bit down the line. Now, so far this season, he is top amongst all Liverpool players for shots on target now he's not top for shots in the box that's Luis Diaz he's not top for big chances that's Darwin Nunez but those um, stats there about those players uh, are encouraging when you consider that assist potential because it means that those around him uh, who are you know also in the attack have the ability to put away his chances and of course the downside with some of those other guys and there's Jota in the conversation as well is that it's just it's tricky to know who's going to start every game there's Hakpo involved as well Shabozlai um, sometimes getting involved in the attack as 
as well. Um, Salah is still the guy who you can be most confident is going to start games. You know, he's still on penalties, which some would argue is possibly a downside if he's going to miss them. Um, but those around him are going to help him um, follow through on his assist potential. And then he's still, in my opinion, the one who's most likely to put away his chances. Even if he's having slightly fewer shots in the box than one of his colleagues, slightly fewer big chances than another one of his colleagues, they're all significantly below him for shots on target so he still has some goal threat enough to make me very very interested and as I said I do think that when those fixtures start to turn we're really going to be looking at Salah uh, as an important player to own just to go back to those fixtures I do think there's going to be times when we're going to want to captain him to be honest over Haaland and that's probably from game week nine onwards Liverpool host Everton in game week nine when Manchester City host Brighton who uh, yes Brighton are conceding chances at a high rate but they are very good at frustrating big teams. You know, um, then they go away to United. That's Man City, who, to be fair, are not exactly in incredible shape this season. But that is when Liverpool host Nottingham Forest. So you have to say the fixtures are better for um, uh, for Liverpool in those in those two fixtures. And whilst Man City have Bournemouth at home in game week eleven, Luton have been particularly poor so far this season. And so you'd argue Liverpool have better fixtures there as well. And if you have one of those other Liverpool players. Do you feel comfortable captaining a Nunez or a Diaz or a Jota over Haaland? Not really. Would you feel comfortable going Salah over Haaland? Maybe. We've already seen Salah outscore Haaland uh, in his his only week where he was really considered as a captain option over Man City. That was the game week two win over Bournemouth. So he can do it. So that is very much on my mind because I do think that being able to switch to that is going to make a big, big difference. As I said earlier on, these moves that I'm thinking about this week are all about pouncing on opportunities. I think that the opportunity for Salah is going to be in a couple of weeks' time, but I don't think he's going to do badly in the next three. And by the time we get to the point when he is going to be heavily sought after, could see some price rises that um, perhaps lock me out of that move. So while I can do it right now, I'm very strongly considering it. Now, my final thing that I'm looking at so far for game week six is a probable switch of Jackson to Alvarez. Have to talk about this because it's on my mind. It's on everybody's mind. It's an easy switch because of the prices right now. That may potentially change uh, in the rest of the week, depending on, uh, uh, you know, big big moves in the transfer market. I think it's 6.8 at the moment for Alvarez and 7 million for Jackson. Could end up the same price by the end of the week, you never know. Um, so I've got to think about it. And the the thing with Man City is that um, the Tuesday night game was, was kind of a mixed uh, experience for those of us who were thinking about going to Alvarez. Um, first things first, we kind of all expected them to sweep this team away because we because we didn't know who they were. Now it turns out it was Red Star Belgrade. Um, as I said, I should have known that. I'm not in entirely surprised that it was a harder game than many expected. Of course, the visitors scored the first goal. Man City had to work hard to get, um, you know, back into the, well, not back into the game because I think they equalised within about 60 seconds. But they they had to they had to work hard to see this game off. And in the end, rather than get what we wanted, which was of course to have the best players all start the game and then you know go five nil up inside the first 40 minutes and then bring off all the key FPL assets around the 50th minute mark to give them a bit of a rest. That did not happen. And Alvarez did play the whole game. So did Haaland. That's frustrating. Now, um, on the flip side, Alvarez scored two goals and arguably has locked himself into being a very important part of this team. And probably most importantly, Bernardo Silva came off injured, which is, in inverted commas, good for FPL. I 
I love Bernardo Silva. I think he's a fantastic player. So just want to clarify that I never wish injuries on, on anybody. But it is just another body to just not be involved for Man City um, moving forward into the next coming weeks. It does mean the chances of, of Alvarez being rotated go down. City actually went into this game with only six substitutes. Uh, and so it got De Bruyne, Grealish, Kovacic and Stones already on the uh, in the physio room Bernardo Silva out now for the next few weeks according to Guardiola which does very much put Alvarez back in a position where we feel like he's probably going to start uh, quite a lot of the next few games so I'm less worried about rotation than I was I like City's fixtures um, I think perhaps maybe the only thing possibly putting me off is the fact that I do have Foden for now but at the moment, Foden is the most likely person I would sell to get Salah because I think of all the midfielders I've got, he's the one who's disappointed me the most so far. Um, and, you know, I think Alvarez is just looking much better. Now, let's talk about Jackson because really what this really does rely on is what I think about him. The problem with Jackson is that it... <laughs> is his blanks have not been for the lack of trying. So he's had 16 shots in the box so far this season. Only four players have had more than that. Um, and it, the problem with him is that he just is not able to finish his dinner. So it was 16 shots in the box. He's also doing really well for big chances, I might add. Only Haaland's been afforded more than him. Now, he's had six shots on target, which admittedly is not awful. You know, Salah's had seven, and I've just said that he's looking good. The problem with Jackson is that he's just not converting these chances. A 5.6% goal conversion rate, where Salah has 13.3%, which is a bit high. A bit below what Salah we would expect. Um, but, you know, we've seen Salah have these periods before and then shoot back up to a 20-25% goal conversion rate. We, have, we just don't have a precedent for Jackson to be confident that that number's ever going to go up. What we do have at Chelsea is a precedent of strikers who come in with a good record, have lots of opportunities, miss them, confidence goes through the floor, and then they leave 18 months later and go back to the team they used to play for. So, you know, that is sort of very much on my mind against uh, an Aston Villa team that you know, not a bad team. And as I said at the beginning, Chilwell versus uh, Cash is actually a bit of a decision, which I'm not too sure on yet. I think I want to keep Chilwell for now because I think I've got bigger fires to put out in the sense that I want to get rid of Gabriel. Um, I think uh, Salah is an opportunity to upgrade on Foden. I think Alvarez is starting to become a must-own. He sort of feels like a player who largely is in the teams of, of casual managers, but that does mean that he's starting to hurt my rank. 21.6% ownership. I think that's going to keep going up and up and up. Um, you know, Nine points in his last Premier League game, 14 in the one before that. Only one blank in his first five. So even though actually uh, Alvarez's underlying stats aren't as encouraging in terms of volume as Jackson, he is clearly more... Um, you know, ruthless with the chances he's going to take. And he's playing in a much better team that's, you know, performing really, really well. Why wouldn't you want to have um, an inform attacker in the City team? So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Um, part of me maybe wants to give Jackson one more chance because I feel like I'm the king of owning a player for ages because he's got good underlying stats. And when I eventually give up on them because they're not returning on them and sell them, that's when the underlying stats finally push forward into a big haul. So I'm a bit nervous about that. And of course, it would be for a minus four. Do I feel that Alvarez can claw back that minus four over the next few weeks? Well, it is worth saying that whilst I've already eased some rotation concerns with myself, um, it does feel a bit nervous 
Uh, it does make me feel a bit nervous thinking about, mm, okay, I feel like he's probably going to start this week, but what if those injured players come back? What if those Champions League games start to get become more intense because the difficulty of opponent is going gonna, is gonna to go up a little bit for Man City? So that's why that one's a sort of, you know, we'll see um, what happens. And I may not go Salah this week. I may not go Salah this week. I may just make the one move and do Botman because I think that one is the most important one. I think that's the one that um, will have the most impact to go from an Arsenal defender hosting Spurs, uh, or rather technically it's going from a, a Crystal Palace defender hosting Fulham because it would mean benching Anderson and starting Botman, you know, at a time when Crystal Palace have some injury absentees. I think that's going to have more of an impact on my team than the other transfers, I think. I think that's the most important one to, to get done this week. And I don't mind using just one and continuing to roll for the next few weeks. I don't mind doing that. So there's a couple of options there. I think Botman coming in for Gabriel is, is, is basically a certainty at this point. I'm just waiting for the end of the week to get some news out of Eddie Howe in his final press conference of the week, see how everyone recovered from the Milan game. I think going for Salah uh, is one that I will go for if, uh, if I feel brave enough to go early. Um, and of course go without Foden and then yeah Jackson to Alvarez is probably a move I'll make out of fear <laughs> on Saturday morning when I look at everybody's teams with Alvarez in them um, so that, that's kind of like what my week is looking like for these uh, decisions um, let me know how, um, what sort of dilemmas you're thinking about pop them in the comments and I'll do my best to uh, answer those uh, and of course uh, as I always say don't forget to sign up to the Fantasy Football Scout members area um, the video has gone on for a little bit longer today because I've gone into a lot of detail on some of the uh, stats and tables that help fuel my decisions and so if you want to be able to do that yourself and interact with those um, in your own time then do sign up for membership you can save 30% on those pre-season prices don't forget of course to like uh, this video if you found it helpful subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification so you don't miss a thing well with that I shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your tinkering as we hurtle towards the game week six deadline and I will see you next time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.